Hey, welcome back. Glad to have you here. And uh, wanted to share the inspiration for this episode. This episode about living quietly, but also impacting the world greatly somehow in the same way. <laughs> this topic was inspired from 1 Thessalonians 4, 11. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. This is a verse that I caught me off guard. I didn't struggle with it, but it, it kind of caught me off guard because I feel like a lot of the things that I've heard at Christian conferences is like, live out loud, live loudly for Jesus, like live <laughs> that, that it's very loud. It's very passionate. And it's very um, deceiving, I guess. And I think that it's misguided especially when we consider verses like 1 Thessalonians, because it is clear that we are called to live a quiet life. So it's a little confusing for me. I want to personally, you know, I personally want to make an impact, <clears throat> and I think that I'm supposed to, but yet I'm called to live quietly. So how do you make an impact while living quietly? You know, Proverbs is filled with warnings, warnings against ambition and greed. It's filled with warnings against excessive wealth and the dangers of celebrity. Like if I just go to Proverbs right now, which I will do, I have highlighted a bunch of these and like they are everywhere. Proverbs 13, 8, a man's riches may ransom his life, but a poor man hears no threat. One of my favorites is Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. I think that's great. So my point is made. I don't need to continue doing that. Proverbs is filled with all these warnings. And so clearly, <clears throat> it's important that we live quietly, that we don't attract too much attention to ourselves, that our egos don't get too big, that we go around creating enemies. But I think that we confuse making an impact with getting attention, especially in America. In America, it's about celebrity. It's about followers, views, and who's paying attention to you. That's what measures your impact in America and, and in the broader culture as well. But mostly in the U.S., it's like, how many followers do you have? Are you popular? Do people know who you are? Because if so, that's, that means you're making an impact. We go for width. We don't go for depth. We're impressed by a wide net, but don't ask probing questions about the true impact of the attention you get. And I wrote Social Currency to explain this in detail. So if you haven't picked up your copy of Social Currency, you can get it on Amazon, you can get it in bookstores, barnesandnoble.com for sure as well. But yeah, attention is what we measure impact in, but that's not what impact actually is measured in. It's measured in depth. 
what God taught me through this, as I reflected on this and kind of asked him about it, is that living quietly is pretty simple. It means live within your means, trusting that God provides all your resources anyway. And God will continue to provide as necessary for you to fulfill your purpose. And the impact you have may not ever be seen by you. It might never be seen by anyone. (laughs) God works in hidden ways. He works in slow, consistent, hidden, mysterious ways. But that doesn't mean you stop doing your work or you stop striving for impact just because you're not seeing the fruit of your labor. Maybe the fruit of your labor is for someone else. I think about that a lot. The impact God has planned for you might be to deeply impact your neighbor, your literal next door neighbor. It may not be for you to have a million followers on TikTok, Instagram. That may not be the impact or the influence that God has planned for you. Usually, usually God wants me to impact the people in my immediate life. I have seen that God has worked so clearly in the lives of my roommates, of my neighbors, of my coworkers, and my impact on them has reshaped me. And that's usually enough work for one human to handle, (laughs) impacting the lives of the people around them, literally and physically. It's a lot of pressure to impact the world. And I think we need to humbly accept that we're not made to do that. We aren't made to impact the world. I've been told that I have a lot of potential and that I'm going to do big things and that I'm going to change the world. And that crushed me. Because I'm like, what? That, that's a lot of pressure to, to put on me as a young as a young woman, this was when I was in high school. People would say that to me. Wow, you, you have a lot of potential. You're going to do big things. You know, you're going to change the world. And I walked away from that being like, how the hell am I supposed to do that? I'm 16. It was too big of a, too big of a task. Human beings aren't meant to, to change the world. God can change the world through multiple human beings, hundreds, thousands, millions of human beings, but one human being, it's not really the way we're designed to impact. But I do think that we are called to impact. But in order to take the pressure off yourself a little bit, I think that that impact is going to be measured by depth of impact and proximity Did you impact the people in your life deeply? Yes or no? Because if the answer there is no, then I don't think that God is really going to be that impressed by you uplifting hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram by posting a little quote about God. I, I really don't. And if, if Jesus' words are any indication, I feel like he would underline and stamp approval on that. 
that it's like, yeah, I, to I told you to deeply impact and be involved in the lives of the people around you. Because it's very safe and it's very easy and it's very clean to post something to the masses. That's easier. Now, getting that audience and building that reach, that's a difficult thing. I've been doing this podcast for years and I don't have the reach of some of these podcasts that have popped up and become super viral and, and popular. So I'm not saying that that's easy to get the reach, but putting that stuff out there is easy because there's no mess that comes along with it. There's no intricate details of supporting and loving and impacting broken human beings who interact with you every single day. That's tough. It really goes up against some of these conferences that I see. You know, when you watch Harry Potter and it's like, man, this doesn't make any sense, but it would have made a lot of sense if you would have read the book. This part, what does that mean? Why are they doing that? Oh, in the book, it says this. It's almost like Christianity lived out through the American church is the movie version of the book. And it's like, you know, there are some things here that you got wrong and you left out. And it would be very important for people to read the book before they go around formulating opinions and trying to inspire people based on, you know, a movie. And and I think that that's very attractive. That's very appealing in a worldly sense. I think that telling people that they can be great and that they can be influential and that they can be leaders is a very worldly appeal. And unfortunately, it just sends the wrong message. Welcome to your weekly life hack. This is a segment where I share things that I started doing that make my life a lot easier and I don't want to be selfish with them. So this week's life hack, it's the menstrual cup. Okay, I've talked about this before. If you are a woman and if you menstruate and if you are using tampons and pads, you have to, you have to give this a try. A menstrual cup is a medical grade silicone disc that you insert during your period. They're designed not to leak, okay? But you have to find a shape and size that fits your body. Everyone's body is different and uh, your lady parts are no different, okay? So find something that works for you. But when you start using, well, I'll speak for myself. When I started using a menstrual cup, it took away the mental work of managing my period. I don't have to manage my period anymore because I have this cup. When it is close to that time of the month, I just take the cup in my purse everywhere I go, and it's great. It's good for the environment, it's good for your finances, it's good for your body. Hello, no toxic shock syndrome. Like, we don't, we don't want that anymore, okay? We're done with disposable, uh, single-use period products. So, if you're still on the tampon bandwagon, please give this a try. I'm telling you, get a menstrual cup. You will thank me later. It's amazing. It changed my life. Okay. I think that telling people that they can be great and that they can be influential and that they can be leaders is a very worldly appeal. 
And unfortunately, it just sends the wrong message. <laughs> because first of all, not everyone can be a leader. By definition, not everyone can be a leader. Because there, there must be followers if there are leaders. Second, the leader is not a human being. The leader is Christ, always. Um, and third, that appeals to our carnal nature. That appeals to our ego. And if the messages that are being preached at these conferences, trying to fire up the next generation of Christian leaders, whatever, is a message that could also be very much appealing to worldly, ego-driven people, I think that is where the sowing and the cultivating of some of these narcissistic pastors that we've seen come to light over the last decade or, or so, that's where the, the seeds were planted. Where do you think they got this idea that they could live out this fantasy that they have within the church of being a leader, of being a, you know, on fire for, for Jesus? And I'm not saying that those things are inherently bad. I just think that the messaging needs to be tweaked to reflect these things that we see, that it's like, what about the part where it says to live a quiet life and not to not depend on anyone else for your work or for your income because you do your own work? What about the part that it says work with your hands? This is a little off topic, but like, I think that the rise in popularity of like, investing and real estate investment and business ownership for a lot of these young Christian guys is like, that actually isn't how Christians are called to um, have their professional career. I do not think that it's God's plan for Christians to own a bunch of real estate and rent it out to people and then just have passive income. I think that passive income is not biblical. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that might be a hot take and it's not entirely on topic here like I said but it's something to think about I I don't think living off of interest or passive income is recommended anywhere so there's that but really the takeaway here the takeaway how do you answer the call to live quietly you know but impact people greatly how do you do that well, first of all, take the pressure off of yourself, especially if people have told you that you're going to do great things, that there's an anointing and a calling on your life. Like, please relax. God isn't expecting you to impact the whole world. That's his project. Do not be so arrogant to think that God has selected you to take over his project of impacting the world, okay? He's expecting you to follow the promptings he puts in front of you without fear. When you feel a prompting to do something specific, follow that with courage and then let him Take care of the ripple effect. This is detachment. This is following promptings, obedience, and then detaching from how big of a ripple that's even going to make. And I want to end with a little story, a little analogy that really 
sparked this thought for me. I was watching my plants grow. (laughs) There was a birds of paradise, white birds of paradise plant in my apartment in Tampa. And it had these big leaves that were curled up as they grew. And then all of a sudden they fanned out and expanded into the, the leaf. And I noticed that there were some short leaves, some short stems and leaves that were the first to grow. They were the first to grow, but they were the shortest. And they never got any taller. They never got any taller. They never got any bigger. They were the first there. And yet they were the smallest. And I was like, that just doesn't even make any sense. That's like almost backwards. Like you would think the stems that are there the longest are going to be the biggest. They're going to have the biggest leaves. That's how it is for some plants, but that's not how it is for this one. But in between two original stems grows the next stem. And the next stem grows just a little bit higher than the one that came before it, opens up, and then now is a leaf. And then the process repeats and repeats and repeats. It would not be possible for the biggest stem and leaf to grow without those smaller stems and leaves supporting it at the base. What is the lesson here? Your role might be that first stem. My role might be that first stem. The role of this podcast might be that first stem to say, hey, here is a way for women to be confident in their relationship with God. Here you go. Here's a, women, here's a way for women to love themselves and to be confident in who they are without falling into worldly patterns of vanity and, and egotism. Here you go. And then from that source, bigger things come out of it for someone else. You know, you might be the person that speaks into someone else at a critical stage of their life, and then they go on to do bigger things than you will ever do. But without your insight and without your prompting and guiding and and wisdom, that wouldn't have happened. And we have to be okay with, with the idea that we are that first stem, because that first stem lays the groundwork for every stem that comes after it. So that's what I have for you today. And we'll round out this episode with a simple request. If you haven't left a rating and review on iTunes for this podcast, please do that. It means the world to me, but also it might increase the chances that someone else who needs to hear this message gets recommended confidently she in their algorithm. So go ahead and do that. Do that on Spotify do that anywhere you're listening. And if you haven't joined us over on the Substack platform, we would love to have you. You can subscribe there and then join us in the comment section. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Rebecca. This is Confidently She, and I will see you next time. 